0: If you have your Bible, turn with me to John 14, beginning in verse 15. The title of my message today is A Big Blessing. I want to talk to you about a big blessing that you can have during the holiday season. When it was evening, Jesus' disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place. The hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to Jesus, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve basketfuls of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Well, what is a blessing? I want to talk with you about that today. It's a word that we use all the time. If you're around church much, you've heard this word over and over. When we pray, we ask the Lord to bless our sick friend, don't we? When we have missionaries with us, like we do today, we pray for them. We ask that God would bless them and help them on the foreign field, give them uh, what they need in order to reach people for Christ. We pray that the Lord would bless us today. Many of our folks are making big decisions in their life. Sometimes there are folks that are having a hard time, difficult time. We pray that the Lord would bless our church. We're so thankful for the growth that we've had in these years, and we're so thankful for the the good spirit that our church has. We ask the Lord to bless the offering every week. We ask the Lord to bless our meals. You know, it's great when you go out to eat and you see somebody saying a blessing next to you. You want to go over and pat them on the back and say, God bless you. Uh, you know, that word blessing is very, very familiar to church folks. Medical doctors have some words of their own. They're 14 syllables long, and nobody knows what they mean. It's a secret language. The other doctors know, but we don't. And so, you know, we just... Uh, do the best we can. Lawyers have some words that they know. Not all of them are nice words. Uh, they, they understand those words. We don't. In the same way, the insurance people, they have some words. We don't know exactly what that means. There's the morticians. You've always got to remember the morticians. They have some words. And the telephone company, they have some words that are their words. And they use them all the time. Every profession has its special words. Blessing is our word. That's our word. Christian people have used it for years and years and years. What does it mean? Let me give you a definition. A blessing is the sovereign act of God upon someone or something which causes it to supernaturally produce more than would be naturally possible. That's what a blessing is. This definition puts in context what we are talking about when we ask God to bless something, to bless our lives, to bless our church, to bless our country. What is a blessing? It's a sovereign act of God upon someone, something, which causes it to supernaturally produce more than would be naturally possible. I want to give you four truths that we can look at that help us with knowing what the blessing of God is about. First and most foremost is this one. God's blessing is not limited to the size of our need. We need to get it out of our minds that God has a maximum capacity. A lot of people have a fear that if they ask for a whole lot, that that will be pushing the limits of God's ability so they don't pray that way. We don't have to be afraid to pray big prayers. God's blessings are not limited. God can do whatever, obviously, he wants to do. God's blessings are not limited by the size of your need. Let me tell you how a lot of people pray. They think to themselves, I hope this is not too much to pray for. Uh, It probably is, so I'm not going to pray for that. Let me say this. If it is a sovereign act of God upon something or somebody, he can, he absolute can produce more than would have been naturally possible. If that happens, it becomes something that we cannot explain. How long has it been that God has done something in our church that we could not explain? How long has it been? How long has it been since God did something at Trinity and everybody knows that God did it? We didn't do it. God did it. We want to live in the realm of explanation. We want to know the how and the why of everything. Years ago, we had one uh, Bible study group uh, in our church. There were about 40 people that went to it. A lot of people told me that uh, we didn't have any more teachers. We just had uh, the ones that were teaching that class together. That was it. That's all we had. And uh, I thought, you know... I think we, I think there's some people in here that were educators that would know how to teach. And so I got up and pleaded and pleaded for more people to come to a meeting if they had any inkling of teaching a Bible class. Lo and behold, 19 people showed up. I couldn't believe it. We now have eight Bible study classes on Sunday morning. And then we have other classes throughout the week that are in your bulletin. There's no way to explain what happened uh, here at Trinity, Was that, but that God did it. God did it. That's all there is to it. And, of course, the Lord has blessed that as people have become friends and gotten together and know each other better. You know, if you're in a small group and you get to know the other people that are in the group and you learn what to pray for regarding regarding them and they will pray for you uh you ask some questions in class and people chime in and tell you how they work their way through that with the lord's help you know in the worship service uh it has a purpose we are to worship god we're not to sit and talk during church last night i had to get on a lady who's sitting right down here she was talking real loud and uh i said shh (laughs) She'll probably never be back, but she was talking real late. You know, we're not supposed to talk in church, and uh, she was doing it. Well, you know, we need to regularly pray for things that we can't explain, that we cannot explain. If we can't explain it, most of the time, we don't pray for it. The mentality is present throughout the Old Testament. In Genesis 15, Abram had a vision. In the vision, he complained about not having any children. You remember this. He says, Lord, since I don't have any children, would you uh, let me have children through my servant Eliezer? And I'll take him as mine, and he will be the heir uh, to my good fortune. God says, No. I'm going to give you a child of your own. Well, in verse 6, it says that Abram Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Abram believed what God said. A few years go by, and then in chapter 16 of Genesis, Sarah, Abram's wife, had no children. So Sarah takes her Egyptian handmaid named Hagar to Abram. Sarah says to Abram, Behold, the Lord has restrained me from having any children. So Abram, you go in to my handmaid that I may obtain a child by her. And Abram listened to the voice of his wife Sarah. And you know the story. Hagar conceived and they had a son named him Ishmael. In chapter 17, Abram says to God, I'm a hundred years old. Sarah's ninety years old. Abram says, Ishmael would be fine. You know, we, we can take him as our heir. God says, no, Abraham, no, I'm going to give you and Sarah a child of your own and I want you to name him Isaac. Well, when Abram told Sarah that, guess what she did? She laughed. She thought that was funny. She said, That's a joke, right? You know, she just laughed. What a ridiculous idea, she thought. That ain't going to happen. He's 100 and I'm 90. That is simply not going to happen. All along the way, God is saying, Abram, I want to bless you. Bless you. All along the way, Abram is saying, Lord, it's okay, it's okay, Eliezer's over here, Hagar's over there, it's okay. God says, no, Abram, I'm going to do something unbelievable. God then waited until it was absolutely impossible for those two, Abram and Sarah, to have a child. Then, and only then, then God did the impossible. In chapter 18 of Genesis, we read these words. Is there anything impossible with God? Then Abram and Sarah had Isaac. We're trying to have a long-range planning committee. And we've been working on that for a long time now. A bunch of folks in our church are part of that. And we're trying to do everything that we can do to line up our church in the right way, to do the right things at the right time should our first question be, how much is that going to cost? No, no, no. That is not the first thing that we ought to bring up. If we're going to do things God's way, the question should not be how much it costs, but Lord, what do you want us to do? That's what it ought to be. Many times we are like Abram. We say, Lord, uh, this would be... Uh, okay, or I can live with that, we should say, Lord, let us know what you want, and we will agree with you quickly. That's what it ought to be. We talked about uh, two services and two Bible studies. We talked about other methodologies for reaching uh, our whole community and area for the Lord. Should our question be, Do we have the workers? No. No, that should not be our question. Uh, The first thing we should try to do is to get the mind of God. Get in our minds what God wants. And if God leads us, then we need to agree with him very, very quickly. God will supply the workers, the land, the money, or whatever else it is that God wants. Many times we ask the wrong question first. Why do we do that? Because we believe that God's blessings are limited. We say, Lord, use Eliezer over here first. We can understand that. Or we say, Lord, use Hagar over here. We can understand that. And the Lord says, no, no. I have Isaac in mind. That's the blessing that I want for you. Now this morning I want you to think about. What blessing does God want for you? Have you got your mind. In tune. With his. Have you got your heart. In tune with him. We might think of a certain thing. That will do for us here at Trinity. And God says no. No my blessing is. Is not limited. We need to get the mind of God. We need to agree with Him. God's blessing is not limited by the size of our need. What we need to do in our lives is get the mind of God, get involved in things that He is involved in. Now that's important. Get in the things that He's involved in, help facilitate What he wants. And when it's over, we can't explain it. We can't rationally understand it. But we will know that God did it. And we can give God the glory. In our scripture that we read this morning, there's a little boy. He has five loaves and two fish in this little pack of some sort, sack or whatever. He saw all of these people, thousands and thousands of people. They're standing around, and he realizes that uh, he certainly doesn't have very much food. He looks at his sack and thinks, you know, if I tell them about my food, they're going to fight over it. It's going to be a bad scene. He said, you know what I think I'll do? I think I'll just go over here behind that rock and eat it all myself. That's what he's thinking. Isn't that the way most of us think? If we don't have very much. Uh we just say, well, you know, I, I won't give any because I don't have much. The boy didn't have much, but what he had, now this is it, what he had, he offered to the Lord. Amen. He said, Lord, it's not very much, but if you can use it, here it is. I want to give it to you. Now, here's the principle. Until we give God our too little. We will never have too much. God has as his will that we would be blessed. He is waiting on us to get our hearts right so he can bless us, every one of us, and we as a corporate entity. The Lord took these five loaves and two fish and fed over 12,000 people. Now... The scripture says there were over 5,000 men. That means there were 5,000 women. And that means probably that there were a lot more than 5,000 kids running around. Now, if you add the women and the children, it would be well over 12,000 people. After the feeding of the 12, there were 12 basketfuls left over. You know, that's the part that I always like to read. Twelve basketfuls left over. God did that. God did that. No question about it. The greatest need for every church is to set our eyes on Jesus and get the mind of our Lord and realize that Jesus is not limited in what he can do. He can supernaturally produce what is more than naturally possible in our lives, in the life of our church, in the life of our country. While pastoring churches over these years, I have heard a lot of people say, I can't go visiting. I would be so embarrassed. I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. I can't sing in the choir. I don't have a great voice. Nobody would want me in the choir. I can't sing in the choir. I can't tithe. I know the Bible says to, but uh, I'm really poor. I can't tithe. Or I can't stand up for Christ at work, I'd get fired. Don't say that you can't do those things. Just say, I'm not going to do those things. I don't want to do those things. That's the truth of the matter. God can do some miraculous things through you that are not naturally possible if you would let him do them. Secondly, God's blessings are not limited by the cause of your need. Do you remember uh, in this very same chapter that uh, Peter uh, sees Jesus out walking on the water? You remember that? Calls out to him. He says, Lord, is that you? And Jesus says, yes, it's me. And Simon says, can I come out there with you? And Jesus says, yes. Come on out. Well, Simon immediately steps out on the water. You know, the water is solid for him. And he walks on the water. He starts walking toward Jesus. And as he's walking, he realizes, what in the world am I doing? I'm standing on water. That doesn't make any sense. I can't do that. The wind is blowing real hard. The waves are real big. What's going on here? What am I doing? The scripture says, in being afraid, he began to sink. Simon calls out, Lord, save me. Save me. Well, those waves were big. The lightning was flashing. Jesus says, buddy, you got yourself into this mess. You just uh, do your best. Is that what he said? No, that's that's not what he said. (laughs) It says Jesus stretched forth his hand and got a hold of Simon and pulled him up and pulled him out. They got in the boat. The Lord sends us a, a lot of messages. And the messages say, don't get into some mess on your own. You know, look unto me, look unto Jesus, look unto God the Father. Look for the Holy Spirit to fill your heart and your life. Get yourselves right in the eyes of the Lord. God's blessings are not limited by the cause of your need. Don't think that just because you once made a mistake that you made a wrong decision, that you hurt somebody, that you did this, you did that. So therefore, you can never... Turn your life around and ask for God's blessing once again. I had a cousin like that. Her name was Betty. And Betty really had done a lot of bad things. Wasn't any question about that. And I was witnessing to her one day, and she said, uh, Ron, God isn't going to let me in. I've done a lot of bad things. I said, you know, he set it up for people like us. I've done a lot of things wrong. You've done a lot of things wrong. You know, Jesus went to Calvary's cross for you to forgive your sins, to cleanse you by his blood of all of your sins. Amen. 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 He sent his son to those that have made mistakes. He loves sinners. He loves you. Thirdly, God's blessings are not limited to the visible resources that are at hand. We would like to be like that little boy and say, you know, these are, this is my bread, this is my fish, you know. Uh, we can never feed the crowd. I'm just going to eat this myself. The biggest problem with us is we want to live by sight and not by faith. That's the problem. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, if we operate just on what we can see, we're going to just get what we can see. That's it. But if we get the mind of God and we are doing what agrees with him, it becomes God's work and God gets the glory for all that happens. That's faith, and that's what the whole New Testament is all about. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, Why don't you feed these people? They're hungry. And they say, Lord, you've got to be kidding. We have five little loaves, two little fish. We can't feed ten people. What What are you saying? The sun's going down. It's late in the day. We need to send them to Kmart. We need to send them to Seven Eleven. We need to send them to Publix. No one had eaten anything. You know why? Because they were so fascinated. They were so attached to Jesus as he was preaching and teaching. They knew that they were finally hearing the truth about everything. Everything. All these things that they had worried about and fretted over all of their life. Jesus was answering those things. The people had been spellbound by the teaching of Jesus. They had been so interested in him they hadn't even thought about eating. But now it's getting it's getting dark, getting late. And uh, it's time to eat. Well, the disciple says, Lord, we know that you aren't joking. What do we do? All we have is five loaves, two fish. We can't feed the hungry multitude with this. Jesus says, Give it to me. And I'll feed. I'll feed every one of them. There'll be basketfuls left over. What we need to do is get the mind of Christ. The Lord wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. We need to pray for the spiritual blessings that God wants to give us. You need a supernatural act of God upon someone or something causing it to produce supernaturally more than would be naturally possible. Point four. The last point is that God's blessings are activated by faith. That's what's happening over the holiday spirit, over the Christmas time of the year. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Word of God. When God speaks His Word to you, you need to act upon it. God blesses you. That's the way you were saved. You responded in faith to what He wanted you to do. And as you do that, the whole destiny of your life is changed. The whole relationship that you have with everybody is changed. The whole plan that you would have for your family has changed. Because you have started to walk by faith and not by sight. We have people here today that have pains. There's a lot of different kind of pains. Relational pains. Financial pains. Physical pains. We have a lot of pains. We have people here today that their heart is hurting. Maybe they lost a loved one. Maybe they lost a relationship to some of their children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren. There are pains, there are hurts everywhere. What does the scripture say? The scripture says, ask God to give you a great big blessing. He wants to do it. In order to kind of get that thing going, you've got to believe in him, trust in him. You've got to claim him as the savior that you know that you needed. You've got to claim him as as the boss, if you will, of your life. Today, maybe there's someone in the house that needs to take a step of faith for the Lord Jesus. Maybe you've been visiting with us for a good a good time. I pray that you would come and join with us. Be a part of our family. We're trying as best we can to figure out all that God wants us to do. And we want to do it. Amen. We want to push forward. We want to do it. So, come and help us. We desperately need your help. We're going to sing a hymn. I'm going to stand out here at the front. If the Lord leads you in any way, you just slip out and slip forward. Take a stand for Jesus today. Let's stand as we sing.